0: Hey, how many like uh, letters to Santa? Have you ever written a letter to Santa? Who's written a letter to Santa? Who still believes in Santa, by the way? Just, just, thank you. (laughs) Sorry about that. I, I think all the kids are... I, you know, but but I remember when I, I was, my brothers told me, my dad was really mad at them because my brothers told me that there is no Santa. and I went to my parents and said, oh my goodness, there's no Santa. And uh, I was disturbed about that. How did you learn there was no Santa? How many, how many was a sibling messed up your life? Yeah. Nobody a sibling? No. How, oh, you all still believe in Santa? That's awesome. How many went through the age where we thought Santa was actually a, a word scramble for Satan. How many How many went through that in church? Did anybody? Just all heads bowed, eyes closed. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we went through that. I, I, We had a Christmas tree up at the church when we first came here, and somebody came and said, this is diabolical. You've got to get it down. And horribly, this apparently, this represents the testicles of the gods. So I know that's way too much information. But that's what I was told, and it was abomination in the church. Some people do some creepy stuff at Christmas, don't they? They get into some really strange stuff. So I was like, yeah, we like the tree. We're going to keep it up. But anyways, I'm sure you can find a church that agrees with that. Letters to Santa. Come back, Pastor. Come back to us. Letters to Santa. All right, here we go. Here we go. This, I like this one. I, let me find it. I can't, I can't see that one there, but I, I printed it out over here. So I like this one. Dear Santa, how are you and the reindeer doing? I am doing fine. I want a new football game and a football because my little brother always tries to steal mine. He may look sweet, but he's the devil. <laughs> he may look sweet, but he's the devil. I also want a remote control truck. Love, Evan. P.S., how do you get in my house in Christmas? How do you... Hey, ever wonder that? How he gets it? I remember when I was a kid, and I did believe in Santa Claus. I asked for a pool table, and uh, I woke up, and and at our house, when you woke up for Christmas, nobody could open any gifts until my dad was up, showered, shaved, you know, got his cologne on, all dressed up, tie, the whole shebang, and then we could have breakfast, and then after breakfast, we got to open gifts. It was so annoying. (laughs) I'm not kidding. it was a blue and green Christmas. everything was blue and green. but anyways, uh, then we got to open stuff. so I was got up early though, and clearly I asked for a pool table and I looked around and I said, clearly there's no pool table under the tree or anywhere in the house." And I was really sad. I was actually really upset and my dads like, "What's the problem?" I said, "Well I sent it for a pool table have you know it must have been on the naughty list this year. I don't know but my dad said, "Well, I don't know. we probably had a hard time getting it down the chimney I went. Wow, that's probably true. It says, I wonder if he left it in the garage. I went, wow. I went in the garage, and there's this great big box and a pool table. Went, yes, Santa. Woo. It's so good. But anyways, uh, okay. Another one. We got another letter. This, this, I like this one. It says, you better bring the pony this year, or there will be consequences. <laughs> wow, man. That's getting... That's getting harsh. I, I got another one here. It said, dear Santa, I wanted to tell you that I'm fine. I don't know, but if you could, uh, you possibly make me into a dragon, please. I'd like to be turned into a dragon or a pet dragon. Either one will do, but I would like it if you can turn or make me into a dragon. Smile, heart, smile, heart. P.S. Have a happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> so that's... That's good. I just got one more. There's so many. I just love reading these things. Uh, this this Lily. This is from Lily. Lily said, "Santa, I have never even seen a reindeer. Eye to eye. Please leave Rudolph on my doorstep." That's good. You gotta love you know Christmas letters. City kid. Is that a city kid? Oh, okay, Julie. Thank you. All right, so we're, we're jumping into our Christmas playlist uh, sermon series here. We're going to jump into the, uh, the song the angels sing, which was a very short song. It was uh, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill to men. I mean, that was the whole song, but what an amazing song. So we're going to talk about that song this morning. Are you ready? All right, so last week we talked about Zachariah's song. And Zachariah's song was great. I mean, the light has come. The sunrise will visit us. The light has come. To those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, they guide our feet in the way of peace, in the way of peace. And the whole message, the good news of Christmas, that he personally invades our darkness. One thing I forgot to share last week was their names. Their names are so great because Zachariah means God is remembered. Elizabeth means God has promised. And John says God has graciously given. So there's there's their names. They spent their whole life speaking to each other, saying God is remembered, God is promised, God is remembered. Coming, have a coffee. God is remembered, God is promised, God is remembered. They said that over each other all their lives, and yet there they were. And the angel said, Zachariah, the Lord has heard your prayer. And he went, Oh, who cares. And you got to stay with it. Because you know what? God has remembered and God has promised. And then here's the reality that God has graciously given. Whatever he's promised you, he's going to bring it to pass. I mean, don't back up on your dreams. Don't back up on your hopes. Don't start speaking negatively over your dreams, your hopes. Don't do it. Speak life over all those things. And God's going to visit you in a big way. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. Luke chapter 2, 6 to 18. Are you ready? Luke 2, 6 to 18. So it was... So it was, while they were there, now this is uh, Mary and and Joseph, they had to travel to uh, Bethlehem from Nazareth because Joseph was from Bethlehem and they were now had to go back to their hometown, they had to register and they had to pay taxes to Rome. So everybody was headed home to pay taxes to Rome. So there they were and it was in those days, it was completed for her to be delivered to give birth and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room. For them in the inn. There was no room in the inn. Glory to God in the highest. That's actually the title to the next session. Verse 8 Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, don't be afraid. That's a, always a great way to, to have the first words of an angel. Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Say all people. This is a good word, it's a good message, and it's for everybody. So everybody, he said, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, and he is Christ the Lord. There's a Savior, he's gonna save you from your sin, he's the anointed one, he's gonna break off every single hindrance, he's gonna bring into manifestation the power of God, and he is the Lord of all, the Lord of glory. He's gonna give you entrance into all the good things of God. And this will be a sign to you, say to you, this will be assigned to you, to you. It's going to be assigned to you, to you. And then the very next word is again, you. This will be assigned to you. You will find a babe. You will, you will. You guys that I'm talking to right now, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Here's the song. You ready? Here it is. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward man what a great song glory to God in the highest the glory of God is back in every single way in every realm to the highest degree everywhere the glory of God is back and on earth there is now peace and this is for everybody because the favor of God the goodwill of God is toward all mankind that's a good message good message in a time when they hadn't heard a lot for years. It'd been pretty quiet. It'd been like 500 years somewhere around there that they'd really had any prophetic utterance or anything. I mean, heaven seemed to be silent for years. Now suddenly things are bubbling up and things are exploding. And after all that silence, God is saying, glory to God in the highest peace on earth. And God, it's goodwill. God is favorable towards mankind. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see This thing that has come to pass Which the Lord has made known to us Made it known to us And they came and they made haste Say they made haste They made haste. I mean, they went quick, boom, bang, you know. And they didn't run around going, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? They made haste. It's like they knew exactly where they were going to go. They made haste and they went to see and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled. All those who heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. We're so familiar with these Christmas stories, it's terrible. We lose our wonder, we lose our hope. Oh, oh, another Christmas series, whoopee-doo, you know. I I just pray we wouldn't lose our wonder because it's so amazing what what God did when he sent his son. It's so amazing, all the details and all the prophetic things were fulfilled and all the meaning of it for us. Now, here's the picture of another royal birth. Here's the picture, see? Now, who is that? That's that's William and Kate, and uh, they're showing the world for the first time, George. You got satellite trucks, you got cameras, you got more photographers you can shake a stick at. The crowd is everywhere. And this is how you announce a king is born. You know? But God, it's like these few little angels in a a little corner back in Bethlehem somewhere, and God wants to announce... Goodwill towards men. My glory, the highest degree, filling the earth. That I'm back and my son is born, a savior. Bam. Glory to God. Peace on earth. It's a few frightened little shepherds out in the middle of a field. I think it's a bad plan. Look at this. Now, that's the announcement. At Buckingham Palace, every time there's a royal child born, they put out this easel, the royal easel, and that's the little announcement that the child is born. Now, that's inside the gate, all right? Let me show you outside the gate. Are they crazy about their family there or what? You know, I mean, now they're all lining up, and they're all lining up to get a picture of the announcement board just to see that. I mean, this is just, like, this happened just weeks ago. This isn't, this isn't something that happened, you know, years ago with some crazy people. This is like, this, this just crazy stuff. Let me, let me show you another picture. Isn't that awesome? That's the, the multitude of heavenly hosts. I painted that myself this week. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. You know, I guess that's supposed to be the angel in the middle who's making the announcement. But, you know, down below, you can't really see it. But there's a few shepherds going, whoa. But I mean, that had to be pretty crazy, a multitude, the armies of heaven start to fill the sky, this little crowd, all these guys been practicing, you know, for this one event, and they show up, and, Whoa! and like, it's just this little audience, I'm sure some of them are going, like, is this it, I mean, we've been practicing all this time for these guys, I mean, my God, you know, I'll show you another picture, I just thought it was kind of funny. I like that one because it's kind of like, you know, the little choir loft and heaven opens up and all these little angels are there. So, I don't know what it was, but I mean, pretty awesome. I mean, the whole sky lights up. And, and what is God doing with just this little group of shepherds? I'll give you another picture. Here's another one. Wow, look at that. Now, now that's, uh, that's the Budweiser Center right here in London, Ontario. And that's a, a concert with Our Lady Peace. Big fans of Our Lady Peace over there. That's good. All right. So were you at that concert? Yes you were all right so let's go. Now imagine being at that concert and this happened. Ooh. I mean, if I were going to do it, I'd have found like the biggest crowd in town and I'd have said, Hey, by the way, woo! I mean, I'd have blown up some big, huge place where all kinds of people were. Because if I want to get the message out that, look, I have sent my son to redeem mankind, joy to the world, peace on earth. I mean, I would have gone to the biggest place in town where the biggest crowd was said, Hey, I'm back. But God seemed to do everything in such, you know, under, you know, pinned ways. They were just, you know, just sad kind of, I'm like, why? But, you know, there's real reasons and real purpose for all these. You know, God chose little places, little people, little things. And he he seems to have entrusted himself in such a... uh, A way that is so vulnerable, and and he's still doing it. Like, don't you wish sometimes God just cracked the sky, tell everybody who you are, but it's still the plan that God invades our lives. He fills us, he touches us, and then through us, one by one, he manifests the goodness of God through us. That's why we've really got to get this message. We've really got to understand what God has done for us. We've really got to live out of the reality of who we are as the children of God. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's look at the message. Let's look at the message. It says the glory of God. The glory of God is with us forever. It says his glory will result in peace and this favor is bestowed on everyone. That's the message. I mean, that's a good word. The glory of God is back. The person, the presence, the power, all of God is fully back for all mankind. His glory will result in absolute peace for everyone. And this favor is to everyone. It's for everyone. For all mankind, God is, kindly disposed to all of humanity, and he wants to save everyone. I mean, that's a good, good word, don't you think? I mean, that's the gospel. That's the goodness of God. John 1, 14 says, and the word became flesh. This is John, the way he shared the Christmas message. He says, the word, that living word, the word of God, the the second in the Trinity, Christ himself, Jesus, the word, the living word became flesh and dwelt among us, made his fixed abode among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only begotten of the Father, full of grace, absolutely true. He's not full of grace and truth. That's such a sad translation. It's almost like God is gracious, but he's also true. Well, God's always true. He is truth. But you see, he is full of grace. Grace upon grace, gift upon gift, favor heaped upon favor. And really what it means is honestly, truthfully, he's all grace. It's all grace. The grace of God, the glory of God is the grace of God fully revealed. And that is the truth. That's the truth. John 17, when Jesus was praying, Jesus said he's praying to his father. And Jesus is saying, mission accomplished. Everything you called me to do, I have done. I fulfilled it. All. He said, now, Father, I want to pass this on. Let's, let's make sure this mission fully realizes his intention. And he says, Father, I have given them the glory that you gave me. So folks, we're not pining for the glory. We're not trying to realize the glory. We're not, we're not trying to qualify for the glory. Jesus, if it's a gift and he gave it to us, then we have it. The glory isn't something you got to achieve. It's just something you need to unpack and receive and walk in because that's the good news at Christmas. Glory in the highest degree is ours. And Jesus has given it to every single one of us to walk in and to live in and to enjoy. Amen. Thank you. Please. What is it? Peace. What's it going to do? It's going to result in peace. What is peace? Peace is shalom. Completeness, soundness, health, prosperity, security, welfare, peace. Shalom to everyone. The Greek, Irene, means harmony, concord, safety, prosperity, felicity, and peace, and harmony that makes and keeps things safe and prosperous. Peace on earth. I mean, that. that's what God as made available. Sadly, there's some people who deny that, don't walk in it, don't live in it. There's still wars. There's still nonsense. But right now, everything necessary for there to be peace on earth is already done. And it's all about the revelation of the love and the goodness of God. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and in every way. The Lord be with you all. Colossians 1.20, reconcile. He is going to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things in earth or in heaven, having, having, past tense, he did, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It's done. There is glory. There is peace and every single person. Here's good news. You can live in the glorious presence of God without fear, without shame. You can abide in the very manifest tangible expression of his person. You can abide there forever. And the result of that is absolute peace in every aspect of your life. Peace on the inside, the outside. Peace in every realm of your life is yours. And it's a gift of God. And he's brought it into manifestation for you. Please settle down. Prisca can have her, uh, you know, her uh, sciatica healed. Peace in your body. Peace in every situation in your life. That is our legal right. And the sign that it's ours is the virgin shall give birth and shall have a son. Christmas declares absolute liberty and absolute freedom. Peace. Peace. Peace in every way. So the recipients, I just think it's interesting. Why these guys? You ever say why? Why these guys? Why these guys? I mean, why, why would you make this massive announcement, do this massive, big slideshow, big thing, big presentation? I mean, all of them practicing coming out,! Whoop, and we got this little group of shepherds. Why? Luke 2:12, and this will be assigned to you. You will find him, so it can't beat us because we're not going to find the baby in the manger. We're not going to find that. That's done. It's finished. So this was a message to them that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So why the shepherds? And why these shepherds? Why the shepherds and why these shepherds? The interesting thing about Jesus' life and ministry, there's well over 300 prophecies about Jesus' physical life and his, his ministry and what he did. And the statistics, the, the uh, chances, the uh, ratio of, of the possibility of all of those being fulfilled, it's just astronomical. It's like to the zero, 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 zero millions. One guy said this. He said that if you if you were to go take Texas, the state of Texas, and cover it with six feet high of silver dollars. So that's Texas. Everybody say Texas. That's the state of Texas six feet deep in silver dollars. That's a lot of silver dollars. And then if you randomly flew over Texas and you threw a coin that you painted black out over Texas somewhere, went, landed the plane, and then another plane took off from somewhere else, flew around Texas, and then just randomly somebody jumps out of that plane and parachutes down, the chances are that that person would land right on that one black coin. That's the chances of all of these prophecies being fulfilled regarding this one person. And it's amazing the detail of the word of God. Even Jesus, when he was on the cross, it says to fulfill scripture. To fulfill scripture, he said, I thirst. So here he is, beaten to death. I mean, literally the beating he took should have killed him. Here he is, crucified, hanging on a cross for hours, hanging up there, suffocating, every single joint dislocated. And Jesus is thinking, what do I have left to fulfill? What else do I have to honor? What other word remains outstanding according to my life? And it says, to fulfill scripture, he said, there's still one more thing, I thirst. And it was to fulfill the scripture in Jeremiah where he said he took the, he took the wormwood, he took the gall. And that's the scripture that says, because the father sinned, it says the children's uh, tongues and uh, and their mouths are are set on edge. And Jesus did that to say this, that now I have taken every generational issue, everything that could be passed down in any generation. I took it. I said I thirst and I drank all of that nonsense so that every single person, no longer will that be said. now every person can say, I have no issue with any generational thing. I am absolutely in the line of Christ and I am free. I mean, that was a prophecy that Jesus knew at the cross in absolute pain. He's thinking, am I doing everything that my father called me to do? I mean, if I was in that kind of pain, I would have not been thinking about anything, but just get me off of this thing. But he had you on his mind, he had the purpose of God on his mind. He was thinking I must fulfill perfectly every issue that God has for my life. Wowzers. Why these shepherds? Why them? Micah 4.8 says, and you, O tower of the flock, say tower of the flock. You, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of my daughter's Zion, and to you shall it come, even the former dominion, shall come the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Here's a prophetic word relating to Jesus. Here's a prophetic word that has to be fulfilled about Jesus. Later, in, 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 right there in the same passage, the same context, Micah 5.8, it says, But you, Bethlehem of Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one From you, from Ephratah, from Bethlehem, from you will come forth the one. So there's this prophecy that this tower is significant. There's this prophecy in this region that that this tower, somehow there's something fulfilled with these people engaging this tower. There's also this town. And I mean, everything orchestrated. I mean, Joseph, born in Bethlehem, on that day had to leave Nazareth where they lived and go to Bethlehem. All of that was orchestrated by God so that every single detail of the work about his son would be fulfilled you know God is working out every detail in your life too you are set up he is looking at and attending to every issue of your life you don't have to worry about a thing God is working behind the scenes and he's always at work for good in every issue of your life when you look at the detail of how he worked out all these things for his son and he's nuts and he's mad and he did all this because he's crazy about you God works all these things out so what pastor so what So Passover lambs were specifically kept by specially trained shepherds, and they were the lambs that were born to a a group at a place called the Tower of the Flock. That's why I said to you, the Tower of the Flock. So Passover lambs were specifically kept by these people. New lambs would even be wrapped in special swaddling clothes, certified that they were spotless, that they were pure, that they were acceptable for sacrifice, so they there at this place, at that tower, would take these lambs. They would carefully, when, when, a, when a, a female sheep was ready to give birth to a lamb, they would take that sheep specifically aside and they would birth it carefully. And then they would examine that lamb and they would determine right there, is this a lamb that will be used to take away the sin of the person who sacrificed it? So you remember when Jesus came to town? Remember it was on Palm Sunday? He's coming to town on Palm Sunday. Do you know what was going on on Palm Sunday? Do you know who else was walking with him? All kinds of people were walking to the temple with their little lamb. So as they're walking the temple with their little lamb, suddenly the lamb of God is coming to the temple. Why? Every lamb is coming to be inspected. Every lamb is being led. And here is the lamb of God coming to the temple to be inspected. And he was inspected. He spent several days now being questioned by the high priest and questioned by all these people. And here, what was going on at the same time was all these people brought their lambs. And the the priest would inspect the lambs. And often what the priest would do is say, sorry, your lamb's no good. The one you brought, not special enough. But here's good news. We have our own lambs that we have carefully taken care of. And we have special lambs that are already pre-qualified lambs. But now, we don't take your money either. So you have to change your money to temple money. And your money's no good. And, and you're, 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 it's like 10 of yours by one temple thing. So they were scamming people. They were scamming people in the area of their redemption. It's unbelievable stuff. But anyways, this group of people with, outside of the scam, these people were set up to bring forth lambs that were acceptable for sacrifice. That's the shepherds that were in this region. That's what they were doing. Wow. So Jesus was born, surrounded by these shepherds, set apart, and certified at birth as the ultimate Passover lamb. Wowzers. And I think that's why it's kind of quiet in the text we read, but I think that's why they knew exactly where to go. I think that's why when they said it's born to you, I think they knew what their job was. and I think they also understood scripture and they understood the prophecies. They understood what they were doing. They understood that we're dealing with a lamb that removes the sin of mankind. And they knew what the angel said. Those are little lambs that you're caring for, but God has sent his lamb. And the lamb is gonna take away the sins of the whole world. Here's the good news. that Those lambs you take care of are a type of the lamb. Well, you know what? The lamb is born today. And I think they knew exactly what was going on. And I think that's why they made haste. Say made haste. They made haste and they went. And that's why it says, I don't think it says they had to run around going, hey, go to the hospital. Hey, one kid born here was special. Or they had to run around or figure out where it was. They knew exactly where it was because they would take those lambs, they would wrap those lambs in swaddling clothes, and they would lay those lambs in a manger, and they would identify qualified to be a sacrifice for sin. And so these guys were sent there specifically by God as a part of the type, as a part of the pattern. They were there to certify this is the Lamb of God. And then they left there and they told everybody, our job is done. The Lamb of God is come. So good. It's amazing how God does all of those things. Exodus 12, 5, your lamb shall be without blemish. It shall be a male of the first year. Your lamb shall be without blemish. You know, when they brought their sacrifice, when you lined up in front of the priest and you brought your sacrifice, what did the priest study? What did he examine? Did he examine you? Did he go, wow, you've been drinking? I smell alcohol in your breath. You know, did they, did they look at you like, you know, you're missing an eyeball? Did they, did they kind of look at you? You know, it had nothing to do with you. Your qualification for every benefit of heaven has nothing to do with you. The only thing that gets inspected is the lamb and the lamb of God has been inspected and he's been found worthy. Therefore, you qualify for every blessing of heaven. There's nothing else that you have to do. It's not even about you. You are removed completely from the equation. The the only thing that matters is, do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? And you get every single benefit of the Lamb of God. It's his blood. It's his finished work. It's his sacrifice that qualifies us. John 1:29 says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. Here's the good news. World sin isn't an issue anymore. Except sadly, in so many churches, we keep on preaching week after week sin management programs. How many have been bad this week? You've been bad, yeah? All right, let me give you three lessons on how to stop being so bad. And we go through all kinds of nonsense. The good news is he removed sin from the equation. He covered your side and he covered his side. And you get it. It is a gift from God. Every single bit of it is a gift from God. It's the grace of God by faith so it can only be grace. And no one can say, I earned this by my effort. Or I didn't qualify for this. God qualified me. And it's so really, really awesome. Please, I have more or 1 Peter 1, 8 and 19, it says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like gold and silver from your aimless conduct, from the hopeless things, from the traditions and, and ways passed down to you from your fathers, but you've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He wasn't a lamb, he was a real man, but this whole lamb thing, it's a big deal. This whole lamb thing, all of this imagery with the people of Israel, with the Jewish mindset, it's a big deal. And God attended to every single detail. Because he wanted them to know that indeed the Lamb of God is come and indeed your Savior is come. Peace is yours and glory has invaded every situation because God has sent the Lamb of God himself. Amen. Amen. Now go wrap up right here. You ready? Say wrap up. Right here. Another thing though is, is shepherds. Even though these shepherds had a special job and a special call, shepherds were outcasts. Even these shepherds were not allowed to go into the temple. Even these shepherds were out there. I mean, you sing the song, Silent Night, Holy Night. I mean, trust me. I mean, if you're all called to go back and pay taxes to Rome and you hate Rome and you got to go back to your hometowns, trust me, there's nothing silent about it. There's a bunch of grumbling, a bunch of painful, and I know there would be with you folks too because I've seen your Facebook page. I've seen all the grumbling you do about stuff. My God. Trust me, it wasn't a silent night. There's a lot of grumpy people saying, these stinking Romans. I had to travel all the way down here. But you know, out there in this field, God announced something terribly important to a group of people who are total outcasts. They're out there taking, well, there's family reunions going on in town. They're out there watching the sheep because they're they're considered outcasts. They were considered rough, crazy, the low life, the, the worst, you know, trade you could have. You're a shepherd. I mean, in some cultures, the curse word is shepherd. If you want to cuss out your friends, you're a shepherd. And that's, that's like a cuss word in some cultures, you know, because being a shepherd is like thing, they're unclean, they have no access says to the temple. In the Jewish law, it says if you got a witness and that witness is a shepherd, they won't even listen to them. Shepherds can't even bear witness in court. So if you had a car accident and all the, all the people who saw it were shepherds, you'd say, but all these shepherds saw that I wasn't a fault. they say, sorry, shepherds have no testimony in the court. But they're, look at them, they're... Guys, they're really good shepherds. I mean, they keep a nice flock. They're really like cleanly dressed and everything. Shepherds, we don't trust them. We will not take their testimony. This is what was going on with shepherds. You're unclean. David was a shepherd. Well, that elevates the call. David, the king, he was a shepherd. Yeah, he was a shepherd. You know why? Because his father didn't believe he was his kid. His father, you, you look back at, at Jewish tradition, David's mom, his his dad had kind of discarded her. I don't want to hang with her anymore. And she was upset. She wanted more children. So she dressed up and played a prostitute just to have relations with David's dad. And when she got pregnant, he went, I can't believe you've been unfaithful to me. I, and she tried to tell him, no, nah, it was you. You did. He said, I did not. And he he believed his wife was unfaithful to him. And he always believed that David was an illegitimate son. And that's why when Samuel came and said, bring all your sons, someone in your line, someone, one of your children is going to be on the throne in Israel. And that's why when all the sons came, David wasn't there because he didn't believe that is my son. And when he went through all of them, he said, he's not here. He there must be somebody else. And he went, Ugh, can't be that that kid is actually my son, is it? And they said, go get the kid in the field. I got one more. And he brings along and he says, this is the one. This is the one. But David, because he despised him, he sent him out. Yeah, if you're going to stay in the family, you're going to take care of the sheep because you're illegitimate. But David knew how to access the presence of God anyways, you know. So illegitimate. But, you know, here they are. These guys, these guys, even though they were who they were, one great thing about them was they were in the right place at the right time. All right, five little observations. Ready? It's going to take me 20 minutes for each one. Excellent. Here's the message about Christmas, and here's the there's so many great things about these shepherds, but another thing is, listen, I love the fact that the greatest announcement in the history of mankind was reserved for some outcasts. I love that. I love that about God. If you've ever felt like I'm, I'm not significant in the kingdom where I, you know, I, you know I, as far as the body of Christ goes, I'm probably the bottom toe. If you think, well, God's probably got more important things to do than, you know, care about my life and be involved with me. Nobody. The message of Christmas is there's no outcast. The message of Christmas is favor and goodwill to all mankind. The glory of God is here to invade your life. The peace of God is here to touch your life. There's nobody insignificant. What I love about that, too, is, you know what? God knows how to reach you. God knows where you are. And God speaks your language. To the wise men, they were looking at stars. So what did he speak? He spoke star. You know, wherever you are, whatever you're involved, you know, God knows how to find you and God speaks your language and God will invade your circumstance and he will speak to you. My sheep hear my voice and he's speaking to you right now. He speaks your language. He knows how to talk to you. He knows how to reach you. What I love about God is at at the announcement of the birth of his son, the special guests at the birth of his son are the outcasts of culture. You know, I think that's something for us always to remember as people of God. There's no such thing as outcasts in culture the kingdom. It's none whatsoever. We should always be careful whatever social weirdness we get involved in and what we think is acceptable and isn't acceptable. Because to God, he said, I want to make sure that at the birth of my son, whoever are the most despised people in that culture, I want them to be the very special guests and the guests of honor. And here's a great thing. If you've really seen him, you're going to want to tell other people. If he's really impacted your life, if you really get the revelation of Christmas, if you really understand what's happened here, the wonder of it, so it so invade your life that you can't help but share constantly with other people. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all mankind and goodwill to all on whom his favor rests. And that's the good news of the song of the angels and the recipients and all. Isaiah 1, verse 18, it says, come now, let's settle this. Another translation, say, come, let's reason about this. Let's, come here, God says, come here, I wanna talk to you, I wanna reason this out. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them like snow. I will make them like snow. And here's the thing. You might think, I'm too far gone. I mean, there's so much gone. But you know what? God wants to reason with you. And if he wants to reason with you, it's not because he's going to lose the argument. And quit thinking you're so smart to tell God what he can or cannot do. God is straight up saying, look, if your skin's sins are scarlet, if they're red, if it looks like a mess, trust me, I will make you whiter than snow in every single aspect of your life. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to invade your situations. I don't think you're smarter than God. One more thing. And I love this, this is from Corey Ten Boom and she was somebody who survived the whole Holocaust and everything that happened with the Nazi war camps and everything. But here's what Corey Ten Boom said. If Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem and not in me, then it would st- I would still be lost. The fact that Jesus is born is absolute incredible news. It's joy to the world. But the whole thing is, he's got to be born in you. You've got to accept this good news. You've got to personally embrace that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is Christ, and he is the Lord. Come on, stand up with me. just want you to pray. I want everybody just to pray. With all the believers, you're... Heads are bowed, just praying right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So listen, you're here today, all right? And just, just like those shepherds, it was a random day. They were just out there taking care of the flocks. I mean, it was just another day when Mary and Joseph had to go and they had to travel to pay their taxes. It was that day. It was that day. But you know, it was a day of the Lord. It was a specific day in the calendar of God. And this is a day for you. This is a day where God himself has come and he wants to speak to you and he wants to say to you, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and all those who I bestow my goodwill and my favor. And that is for salvation, but not just for salvation, but for every aspect of this message. It's yours by faith. Receive it right now. In Jesus' name. But if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, and you might have accepted, yeah, sure, he was born. You might accept some religious aspects of it all. But you're here today and you've never made him personally the Lord of your life and never said, Jesus, be my Savior. If you've never personally done that, I want you to do that today. And I want to pray for you, all right? But what I want to do is I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. But at three, I want you to throw your hand up where I can see it. And we're all going to pray together, but we're going to pray with you, all right? I want Jesus. This Christmas season, I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Now, if that's you right now, ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up right now really high. Throw it up really high, really high so I can see it. Okay, there's got to be a whole lot more go and tell. <laughs> We should sing that song, Go Tell It on the Mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Lord, thank you. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, that you are our Savior. Father, we stand with our sister Karen right now in Jesus' name, and we claim health. We agree with her. We bind our hearts together with her, and we thank you, Father. The two people standing together on earth, standing knowing that it's your will, we agree that it's your will. It says that if we know it's your will and we confess that it's your will, we have what we ask for. And we ask in Jesus' name, Karen's absolute health, complete full deliverance, and absolute freedom, because you are the Savior. You are the King of the world. You are Emmanuel, God with us, to bring peace to Karen's body. Peace to get disease out, and to bring absolute peace to her body. We thank you for it, and we receive it in Jesus' name right now. Father, we pray for that in all of our lives, in all of our circumstances, in all that we are. We call forth peace right now in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, that peace would enter in, the peace of God, the message of the angels. We embrace it. It wasn't just for that day. It's for all time. God is back attending to the needs of his children ready to bestow peace because he's favorable and he's good to all that he has made so we command your richest blessing on each one now in Jesus name can I get those who are ministering at the altar just to come could you come up and just prepare to minister to people and to pray for people right now in Jesus name you've been to the altar lately yeah had a chance to get some prayer I mean good things happen at the altar a lot of good ministry happens here People get healed, blind eyes get opened, deaf ears have been restored. A lot of really wonderful things happen here at the altar. So I just pray these folks are ready to pray for you minister to you. Can I bless you? Father, we just thank you for this great time of year. We thank you for this great season that we're in. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you, Lord. Let us always marvel and let us always wonder. Not let us get caught up in, in stuff that would detract from the fact, Lord, that you are back, that you are here, that you are with us, that you are still Emmanuel. You are God with us, working in and through and redeeming every aspect of our lives. So we thank you for this amazing season. We command it blessed. I command these wonderful folks here who I am so privileged to serve, I pray that they would have a great, great Christmas. Lord, there would be a Christmas of Christmases where you would visit them in powerful ways and wonderful ways. We pray for salvations, breakthroughs, healings. We pray for great demonstrations of your love. Let the wonder be incredible. Let our amazement overflow and let it overflow the banks of our lives to many others that would wonder what it is we're so thrilled about and let them know that you are alive and you are well and caring and meeting the needs of people. So we bless you. I command your richest blessing. I pray the revelation of God the Father. I pray your great love would be upon each one. I pray, Jesus, that your grace, the manifestation, your grace would be strong in our lives. And I pray, Holy Spirit, I thank you that your partnership is ours, guaranteed to be with us, animating, lifting us, and keeping us, and moving and demonstrating yourself in and through us. So I bless each one now. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Have an awesome day.